0: Welcome to City on a Hill's podcast. This week's podcast can be downloaded on iTunes or our media library at chccny.com. We had we
1: had some great, interesting uh, house meetings this yes. week where we discussed, uh, if you were there, we discussed last week's message, and the one I was in was really, really lively. Um, if you were not here yeah. uh, or have missed a few weeks, uh, Pastor Thomas has been sharing some very uh, some great tools he's been giving us on how to share Jesus uh, with others that don't know him. And how many of you feel it's so urgent and necessary in the day we're living in as we talk about the culture that's, that's around us? So um, we had some, last week uh, he, he shared on same-sex relationships right. and uh, it was uh, very, uh, many people said that they really walked away seeing things a little bit differently and having some things to think about. Isn't that great? So we just have a, a, a one or two questions for you this morning, Pastor Tom, because as I said, we were nice enough to you now that's over. That's right. So, um, so I'm just going to uh, relay to you just one or two that we thought were really kind of important. Um, this is one question. Someone said, I find it difficult to draw the line between loving a same-sex couple in a non-judgmental way... Mm-hmm. And yet sanctioning that lifestyle by attending such things as weddings or christenings and things like that. And uh, is there any help you can give me? Uh, I just find it a difficult place to stand. What would you say to that person?
0: It's a dynamite question. It is a uh, dynamite question. And uh, uh, I guess because it's Tom Richter Day, uh, you know, (laughs) uh, the Lechys did. uh, do me. I think they wanted me to put together a decent... Answer, and so they sent me these questions uh, a couple days ago to allow me to, a night or two to think about them. And so I did. I took that, and so I jotted down just a few notes. Um, I think that question: Should you go to? So your gay friend says, "Hey, we're having this wedding. Uh, will you come?" I think the answer is going to come down to. Uh, well, actually, even before I answer this, let me say this. Um, I can totally see both sides. I think if you're a Christian who's being led by the Spirit, wherever you land on this, you need to know, I'm not going to disparage your Christian walk or your love for God or anything if you land on either side. This, for me, is not not the kind of question that it's going to make, oh, Pastor Tom thinks this, we're done with him, and likewise, he's done with us. Not at all. Uh, I really see strong arguments for both sides. I, you know, if I had to put this on a scoreboard, 51-49 maybe is, is how I feel about this. And if you can show me, you know, and, and make me believe 51, I'm, I'm okay to, you know, I'm, you get know what I'm saying? This isn't like entrenched Tom where we're talking about the resurrection or something. But um, uh, that, there, then I'm entrenched. Uh, but, but, but the other reason is, look, I'm Pastor Tom and I know your friend. In this question, I know him as Mr. Hypothetical Guy. You know him as Joe. You see the difference? You know him as Susan, your coworker. you That's a different deal. So it's going to, obviously, I'm going to answer it, but I don't know them like you know them. And for you, it is so personal. It's, you know, um, however, having said all that, I, I think it comes down to what constitutes sanctioning. Okay? What constitutes uh, approval. So if you're invited by your gay neighbors to go out to dinner with them and have dinner with them, I think you go. I think it's a no-brainer because you're not sanctioning that lifestyle to go and have dinner. Uh, likewise, you have them in your house fine. So is a wedding different? I have to believe a wedding is a little different in this sense. Uh, If a wedding means anything at all, if it really means something, like if, if, if this is a meaningful event, then what does it mean? Well, in the old, in the old days, they would say, you know, uh, the language was, we are here as witnesses. What it means is we are here to confirm this joining, the two become one, this union. In fact, in the old, old language, what do they say? If anyone here knows why these two should not be married, speak now, or forever, hold your peace. So uh, uh, I think in that If that's the case, and if it doesn't mean anything, well, it's just a wedding, nobody really, we're not making any statements at all, then why are we having this question? But the fact that it does mean so much, I think, uh, as a believer, I might be forced to decline the invitation and then explain why, okay? Now, having said all that... uh, There could be really good pushback on this, and I'll give you just a couple. In fact, I disagree with people that I totally respect and love on this. Let me just say that. The guy I recommended last week was Andrew Morin. He wrote a book called Love is an Orientation. He totally disagrees with my answer I just gave. He says, you go, don't think twice about it, and he gives three reasons. I recommended his book to you last week. Do you ever understand? Like, I'm on the same team as this dude. Uh, We are on the same page, and we totally disagree on this topic. But the three answers he gave, I didn't find as compelling. The first is Jesus would totally go because Jesus went to the house of, La- of, uh, of Zacchaeus. That's sanctioning, you know, a tax collector. That's, you know, l- lending that stuff. Jesus would go, so you should go. The reason that's not compelling to me is Jesus wasn't going to sanction tax collecting. He was going to call that guy to repentance. And I don't see people going to that wedding to, like, stand up and, you know, surprise, I'm here to call this moment to repentance. I don't, I don't see that. So to me, to say, well, he went to Zacchaeus, but he wasn't going to condone or to um, sanction tax collecting. Um, the the second one uh, that, that Marin points out is, we go to all sorts of things and it doesn't mean we condone it. For example, if a believer married an unbeliever, you know, are you telling me you wouldn't go and all that? Um, fair enough, but, but, but maybe not. Like, what if we just all started being honest? I mean, what if we went to our believing friend and said, I- I'm not going to come to your wedding because I don't think you should be marrying this, this person, and I'm your best friend, like... I have to say that. What if, what if enough people said we're not going to go to this marriage? Do you think it would be a wake-up call to that couple? I've had to do that. As a friend and as a pastor, I've done that very thing. It was the, some of the hardest stuff I've done. I've told people, I can't marry you. I won't marry you because you're going to ask me to bless a union that I don't think is, is blessable right now. I'm going to ask you to stop. Let's pray through this. Let's, let's think through this. So even that one is, seems a little flimsy. And the final point he makes, and this is the one I think most of us would make, I think it's the strongest, is about friendship it's about love for your friend. I don't want to lose this friend. I'm going to, here's how he words it. We're going to put the individual above the ideology. So we're going to say I'm here for you. I don't support necessarily every aspect of this, but I'm here for you. The reason I think that one is a little weak is because I would ask what is love? What is friendship? Like, if I love you, it doesn't mean I'm going to give you everything you want, especially if you're my five-year-old daughter, <laughs> right? Because so, you're going to want things that I know are not good for you. And the most loving thing I can do sometimes to you is say no. If I love you and you're an alcoholic, I'm going to befriend you. I'm, going to be all, I'm not going to take you to a bar. I'm not going to, you know, do anything that would, um, uh, uh, you know, cause you or, or, or further something that I think you have to repent from. So, you know, what is love? And what is friendship, if not honest? Like, are you telling me you're being asked, are you going to go to this ceremony and the whole time have your fingers crossed behind your back? Like, is that friendship? To say, I'm your friend, but I can't be honest enough? What is friendship but the kind of person who will get in your face and be gut level honest with you? And maybe this wedding is that moment to sort of for you to come out and state where you think. And maybe that's the window of opportunity. I I don't know how to do that respectfully other than to say, hey, can we... Can I talk about why I don't want to come to this wedding? Why I don't feel comfortable? Why I'm, I'm being put in a terrible position? You're being put in a terrible position? So I tell you what, will you come to my house two weeks after the wedding and let's have dinner together and talk? That way you're you're, you're creating a bridge where we're, there's no way we don't remain friends after this is over. If we do, it'll be you that chooses we can't have each other as a friend. But what is friendship if not honest? What is a friendship if you can't be brutally honest? And and. What, what would your friend want you to do? Like, I want you to come to the wedding, but I don't want you to believe any part of this. Would, that, would anybody be satisfied with that? Um, that's it. If, uh, if, on the other hand, you disagree with me and you say, no, those are compelling reasons, I would say this. If you, uh, you need to ask yourself, uh, if you're doing it out of love, that's where I'm with you. If you're doing it out of fear, whichever way you land, if love is your motivation, I'm with you. But if it's fear, fear you're going to lose this friend, fear you're going to lose standing. I mean, it's not just this friend, all the friends at work. And I'm going to, if you make a decision out of fear, uh, and it, on either side, or if you make a decision out of fear because I don't, I don't want my pastor to think I'm condoning this and I'm afraid of them, if the motivation is love. If you believe that to love is to get in their face, say, I'm, a, I'm disagreeing with this, I'm going to have my fingers crossed the whole time, and I'm going to be there with you. But you're doing it out of love, and you're boldly confronting, and that's where you feel, and the Spirit has led you there. Um, I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm not disparaging you, uh, but a lot of these decisions are just made out of. Quite frankly, they're made out of out of fear at the end of the day. And we love the friendship more than we love the friend, and we we, we love that we love that individual. It's almost like like when a parent won't discipline a kid, they say, "Well, I, I just love them too much." No, you don't love them enough. Um, this is impo- come on. How can I say that? I don't know your friend? My my wife and I talked about this for hours last night, and you know we're. We, this is a hard one. It's such a great question. You know, it's such a great question. So whoever asked this question, the fact that you have a friend who's gay that loves you enough to invite to that wedding, you're doing something right in the sense that you're not a judgmental person. I don't think anybody's going to think you're a judgmental person. So now I, I feel the need to sort of push a little bit on the, it's not all oh, but we want to retain that friendship. We got to retain that friendship. Why? Because one day, one day, one day, we're going to share. One day, we're going to share. Maybe this is the day to share. You know, maybe this is the opportunity. Um, so uh, I love you. And listen, I whew, if you... Disagree with me on that? I can totally see why. And, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not... See what I'm trying to say? Mm. But that's my stance. I think, yeah, I, I, I don't go. Mm. That's, I mean, that, what, what can I do? That, that's, that's the... Yeah, okay.
1: I think that was very helpful. Let's go to a harder one. I love the... F- yeah. <laughs> we, have, we have one, yes. We I hope it. that helps.
0: I hope it gives you different ways to think about okay. it. Yeah.
1: Um. Let's see. While I understand we're all sinners. Yes. Sin is sin. There are no parades celebrating adultery or stealing Mm -hmm. its blatancy the blatancy of of the culture seems to be put it in its own category how as the church do we respond to this
0: yeah another great question and as you as i said I, i had a heads up on these so i had a chance to think a little bit um not like a wee, but I had a heads up. I had a heads up. Uh, um, but no, th- I think this refers to last week. I, I made it very clear in my sermon that sin is sin. And one of the things we can do to elevate the conversation is I even, I think I said it this way How, I don't know how, you know how I, I build things up and I kind of go on and on. How did homosexuality get the gold medal of sins and we're light on everything else, right? And it, you know, and I think this question is pushing back a little on that going, well, but we don't. It's blatancy does sort of put it in a different category, okay? Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to disagree with that and retain my original position. This is entrenched Tom. I disagree with that. We absolutely have parades that celebrate adultery. They're called Mardi Gras. We absolutely have a parade that celebrates debauchery. It's called St. Patrick's Day. If you want gluttony and alcoholism, watch the Super Bowl. We absolutely... The thing is, it is so... Common now that we've called wrong right for so many years that nobody bats an eye, Miley Cyrus is celebrating a gangster violence, okay? Violence. It's in these video games. It's so, the thing is, we've just gotten desensitized to it, and homosexuality, homosexual fornication is the new kid on the block, and we notice it. Give it five years, we will no longer notice it. it, it I promise, it, it, it is not blatant. It's just that the other things have been dialed down due to we have gotten so used to them. Songs glorify violence. Toby Keith, for example. These are uh, 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 areas of our life where these things have, They are uh, 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 out there. It is still equal. I, I don't agree with the premise that this one is blatant and that, that, that they're celebrating it. The VMAs celebrate debauchery, so to speak. Okay, so how does the church respond? The same way we would respond to Miley Cyrus. The same way we would respond to these Violet video games. The same way we would respond to all these people. Uh, we offer living water to thirsty people who have been drinking from a poisoned well. We offer the gospel, okay, over and over. And that's why I, I, I continue to maintain that it doesn't get the gold medal for sin it's probably because in where I live and, and where we live, it's probably easier for me to say that because I am decent. I mean, I, homosexual sin no longer really raises an eyebrow in the sense that, yep, that's sin like anything else. But I get to be a pastor. See what I mean? I get people... You understand. You get people all the time that they come and they're like, oh, I need a meeting with you. I'm, I'm going to share. You're going to kick me out of the church, kick me out of everything. I like, Listen, I knew you were creepy when you called me, Okay? <laughs> I knew you were, there is nothing you can tell me. I know you're creepy. Here, let me see your pulse. Let me see your pulse. You got a pulse? You're creepy. Like, every one of you is creepy, right? We're all creepy. And when I say that, they're like blown away, right? So I'll start out, you know, some guy will come in and be like, how much are you looking at porn? What? what? How do you? I didn't ask you if. I said how much, right? Like, I, so everybody thinks they're going to like blow me away with their sin. But you may not live in that world, right? You, it, to be fair, you may not live in that world where every single day the, the, The pits humans can sink into are not, you're not a pastor. Where Linda hears this stuff like, well, you know, you're just not shocked anymore. So for me, that's why it's easier for me to say, no, it's not blatant. It's, you know, um, but but I, I see why that question would be asked. I still maintain it is a sin like any other. And for that reason must be responded to with, you just have to guard against, you know, that's my answer.
1: Mardi Gras and all that. Wow, those are some things. I'm really trying to stop. offend everybody yeah, equally. Yeah, yeah, That's what yeah, I try yeah, I to say. I'm not I think <laughs> you're accomplishing it. Awesome. Awesome. Our last question, Pastor Tom. Um, as a Christian, I find it difficult to know where to place my feet politically. Mm. Should we be in favor of same-sex relationships enjoying the same be- benefits as a heterosexual couple? I don't feel it's a problem to be in favor of that. I don't feel it violates, violates my biblical convictions. Do you think I'm wrong?
0: Yeah, the first thing I would like to say to, uh, about that one is if you, um, there may be some of you in here that when you hear, should we, I mean, why oppose, let's be in favor of, you know, same-sex marriages for them to get those benefits and everything. That doesn't affect my biblical convictions. If part of you wants to be like, how could you even say that or whatever, you understand everybody under 30 that I know, that's their stance, right? Like that, that question needs to be treated with respect because it's a real question now. It can't just be dismissed, well, you shouldn't because you shouldn't. Uh, and so I appreciate whoever asked that, and I, I think it takes a level of honesty um, to ask that kind of thing. Uh, so where should you place your feet politically? I don't see where it violates my biblical convictions. If what you mean by that question is, am I wrong in the sense that if you're saying my country doesn't have to line up with the Bible in every point, I would say, no, I don't think you're wrong. If you say, you know, we're in the business of, you know, uh, uh, being faithful to the Bible no matter what the civic government does. I, I'm, I'm with you on that. <clears throat> but I think it goes a little far to say it doesn't violate biblical convictions to be in favor of gay marriage. I'm, I'm not so sure. And I give you three <clears throat> reasons about, three ways to think about where to place your feet politically. One, it's all about that word marriage. Um, the trouble is that pesky word marriage. The Bible does define it clearly. And if you'd ask this question about civil unions, I could see a little more latitude where you're going. Because, by the way, to me, there are lots of ways, the the question is framed, let me see if I can, the word benefits, enjoying the same benefits, there are lots of ways to allow these benefits to gay couples without using that word marriage, right? Uh, There are ways you could do it legally, create civil unions. If you could find some loophole where, no, but that that wouldn't give insurance or that wouldn't give inheritance. Then we have a legislature, create a way where that could happen. That's not hard. What if you said to the gay community, we'll give you anything you want civil benefit-wise in terms of health insurance and all that stuff. You just can't use the word marriage. They wouldn't be satisfied with that. So what is it? Because there's a, there's a sort of smokescreen, I think, going on politically where all we're after is civil rights. All we're after is these ways of getting the inheritance and all that stuff. Okay, here, have all that, but not marriage. Why? Because marriage carries religious and ethical heft. What they're saying is not just, I hear, not just we want these civil rights, but we demand that you declare homosexual activity moral, and marriage is the moral ground. Marriage care. Do you understand? Marriage carries moral moral. I heard, you know, you hear comedians say all the time, I don't get it. I mean, if gay people want to be just as unhappy as us married people, let them get married. Right? That's funny. But it, what it fails to say is marriage is not just a civil definition. Marriage is not just a civic definition. Marriage carries. If you can get marriage, you've got a grip in moral high ground. And, uh, uh, so, that does matter. Secondly, an, uh, another biblical conviction. I think you have a uh, conviction, I think you have a responsibility to shape culture. Proponents of gay marriage want to shape culture. I think you have, a, and here's where I get this, the Garden of Eden. Take this garden and make something of it. I think you do have a right and a responsibility to shape culture. It, Christianity is more than just your individual walk with Jesus. You probably agree with me on that. If you do, let me read this line formal cooperation in the enactment or application of a law to redefine marriage is shaping culture in a way that makes you a material participant. Um, and what I'm getting at is there's no third way. A lot of my friends want to be like, yo, I'm just neutral. Like, it doesn't bother me. They don't, you know, their marriage doesn't make my marriage less holy and all that stuff. It, it doesn't affect me. But, but we're, we're, you're running out of a third option. Um, no action is taking an action. Why? The bio, here's Why? The Bible talks about praying for the government, supporting the government, that the government would lead well. If this question was written by an American, let me ask you, in a democracy, who is the government? See, Paul's praying for Caesar to, to govern well and to lead well. This is a democracy. Who is the government? You are. That's right. Where's the power vested? To me, it seems a little casual to dismiss that fact that, well, you know, know, whatever, you know, whatever laws get passed, whatever the government does. In a sense, we still, it's a government of the people, for the people, and by the people, and I am the people, and I don't cease to be a Christian when I go vote. That's this crazy thing about a democracy. You know, you could argue all day whether that's a good or bad way to run a country, but it's the way we act. Last but not least, uh, when people say, well, my gay friend's getting married, but it doesn't affect me, we should just be for that legislation. Maybe not, but does it affect your kids? What one generation accepts, the next generation normalizes, the third generation celebrates. Don't tell me it wasn't a big domino that fell when... Don't tell me I didn't lose some moral ground when I talked to my kids in a few years about why they can't smoke pot. Don't tell me that wasn't... Don't tell me that didn't affect the normalization when Colorado and Washington said, eh, puff, puff, give, yo, it's all good. Don't tell me I didn't lose some moral ground. Why? Because my kids aren't just church kids. They're not just school kids. They are societal kids. (laughs) That stuff matters. Society does shape. And when a law normalizes something, don't tell me you don't. I love being able to tell my kids, dad, right or wrong about alcohol. I love talking to my youth group about this. What do you, what do you think about alcohol? I'm like, man, we could talk about the use of alcohol all day long because you are free in Christ. But if you're under 21, you'll be free in Christ and in jail in Suffolk County. So unless you plan on starting a, you know, a jail ministry, guess what? It's a no. It's a big fat N-O. Am, am I unclear? You understand? Uh, that helps me. And so when these laws uh, become normalized, societal values matter. Not as much as biblical values. But they still matter. And that's why I'm not ready to wave the white flag on on the United States yet. I'm not ready to do that. Um, I I get it. Like, I can tell my kids, these are biblical values. These are our Christian values. I mean, and this is our nation values. And they don't always align. Fine. Um, But it doesn't mean I don't don't want them to align, you know. Uh, I'm not ready to uh, totally surrender all that just yet. That's why I place my feet politically in uh, uh, that you know way of voting and, and thinking, I and mean, the way voting? we vote and the way what I advocate, mean? yeah, and 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 in uh, in all the ways that you try to affect policy change. So whether it's uh, in conversations, whether it's you know emailing articles back and forth, did you think about this or whatever, it's also talking to my you know trying to. I'm in a position as a pastor where a lot of times I'm talking to a certain wing of the <laughs> political spectrum, and it's kind of. Hey, how do we engage? Hey, whoa, you guys are cray-cray, and you're making us all look crazy. You know, and kind of bringing them in uh, helps, too. Uh, you know, a guy like Russell Moore. You know, I'm a Southern Baptist, so we have, like, denominational emphasis. guy like Russell Moore has been real helpful. Al Moeller, These are guys, I don't agree with him on every point, but these are guys that are trying to engage the culture. Russell Moore is the director of the Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission, so I, you know, I offer them to you as resources. Hope it helps.
1: The good thing is this yeah. is all on uh, the will be on the e-bulletin, uh, so that you can listen to the, his answers again. I know yeah. I'm going to because you gave me some great things to think about, Pastor Tom. Thank you, and I'm very excited because you told me a little preview about what you're going to talk about yeah. this morning, and I think it's absolutely a great topic. So,
0: thank yeah. you, Tom. Thank, thank you. Uh, thank yeah. You, Tom. Well, I, I appreciate that. Most of all, I appreciate uh, Pastor uh, Linda and Joe and James allowing us to sort of, you see what we did there. We're sort of separating the Q&A time from the Q&A. I met a Canadian once at this conference, and he was like, I'll be doing a and r I was like, what's a Q&R? He's like, it's question and response. Only Americans would be arrogant enough to think they have answers for everything. I was like, oh, please. Anyway, it was hilarious. I'm like, you of all people don't want to have a Q&A. I was like, come on. Anyway, I thought that was, thought that was funny. Think about it. Uh, uh, but anyway, what did we do just now? We separated Q&A from, hey, we're going to open a text and read it. What I'm trying to say is I can't give, like, like uh, I, I even stood away from the pulpit when I answered those questions. Like, I'm doing the best I can from my biblical conviction, but I'm answering those questions as brother to sister, brother to brother. Not, not, this is a, a word from the Lord. I'm doing exactly what I want you to do. Go to the word of God. Trust the Holy Spirit. Try not to create a new legalism where we hold each other to a new set of laws because we really did so great with the old covenant. We really knocked that out of the park. Right? Like clearly, um, uh, uh, there needs to be that, that Christians that are continually praying, continually led by the Spirit, continually seeking the Scriptures on your own. And if you're not doing that, then you're just sort of relying on, well, Pastor Tom, th-, and we do it, well, Russell Moore thinks this, Al Mohler thinks this, the Pope thinks this, whatever. Um, uh, you, you have to be like uh, the, the Bereans in the book of Acts where you're studying this on your own. And you're already doing this. So. Thanks for listening to City on a Hill's podcast. For more resources, visit us at chccny.com.